0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hope is in the Middle. My name is Megan Blake and I am a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If faith is the beginning and love is the end, hope is in the middle. This is a scripture and general conference study podcast that will help you experience Jesus Christ and grasp His hope. Join me as we learn together how to cling to this excellent hope. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hope is in the Middle. I'm so glad you can join me today. It's it's a good day, everyone. It's great. I know Utah's been getting dunked on with all the snow. But here in Montana, we've been nice and sunny and warm, which has been so weird, but so fun to go outside and enjoy that with the kids. Today, I want to introduce you to what people call the model, uh, which is a tool that helps us to gain awareness and control over our thoughts and choose emotions that serve us well. So this model is so empowering. I don't think I can say that enough, but before I get started though, this model was developed by a life coach named Brooke Castillo. And a lot of this information I'm about to tell you comes from a book called Better Than Happy, written by Jody Moore. She's a member of the church. She, she's a life coach and really awesome. Um, if you've never heard of her stuff, it's pretty great. Um, but it's just a great tool. So I have made an English copy of the model as well as a Croatian copy of the model. You can find that over on my website. Um, but it's the same wherever you go, whether you go see it with Brooke Castillo or Jody Moore, they've all got the same thing. So, and right up front here, I'm not a life coach and nor do I plan to be anytime soon. But um, I just notice how applicable it is with the gospel. And so I just love it um, in that way, in that light. So the first line in the model is circumstance. Now, circumstances are things that happen outside of us. They are the facts of a situation Uh, A circumstance is something that everyone would agree on or that we could prove in a court of law, okay? So for example, I can put a circumstance into that first line there um, and that can be something that's a fact, right? I have two kids. I am married or we're moving an average of 12 miles per hour on the freeway, or I live in Montana, et cetera. You can put whatever you want in that line, but it's something that we all need to agree on and, and something that is fact, okay? We can prove it in a court of law. So circumstances are the facts. Okay, in our human state, we tend to view outward things as the cause of our problems, or as the potential answer to our struggles. But in truth, the cause never exists outside of us. Our problems are all created inwardly. Therefore, the solutions are created inwardly as well. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes changing a circumstance is an option, but sometimes it's not. For example, if I had a job which is my circumstance that i don't enjoy i could quit that job and change the circumstance but if i had a father circumstance whom i find to be challenging i don't get to sign up for any father i could change to i could choose to cut my father out of my life and that might be the right move for some people in some cases but as you can see things start to get kind of messy And circumstance swapping may not always serve us us in the end. In addition, the circumstance is the only part of the model that isn't in our control, at least not directly. We might try to influence our father and perhaps we can be successful in some ways. But ultimately, we can't control him. Just like we can't control other circumstances because they exist outside of us. So even though we try we try to do this all the time. Here is what most people think. They try to manipulate, control or change circumstances because we give external things more power than is useful. We might think we need to move to a different place, a different house, a different city, or be closer to family or help children to not be upset or lose weight or convince our spouse to stop being grumpy, etc. We can do all of these things, change the circumstance. But we think that if we change that circumstance outside of us, then we can feel better. But the real power doesn't come from outside of us. It comes from within. It comes from our thoughts. So thoughts are the meaning we give to circumstances. Our thoughts then produce how we feel. And then the feelings or the emotions we have are created by thoughts. And feelings are not created by anything outside of us, despite what we seem to believe. Our bodies create our feelings at the direction of our brains. So it's what we're thinking, what's going on up here, that's going to control how we're feeling And there's so much more to that that is really interesting. But being able to feel our emotions is such an important practice. And just unplugging and sitting in our emotions, like what we're feeling. I don't know. There's just so much to it um, that I could share. But um, let me share an example. So one time I was rushing home on the freeway to get back home from a meeting and there happened to be an accident on the freeway that made the freeway move very slowly okay here was my model during that experience at the beginning circumstance we're going an average of 12 miles per hour on the freeway and then my thought this is so slow this is so frustrating and then I was feeling irritated so do you see how Circumstance, then I had my thought, which then produced that feeling. Okay, now look what happens when I adjust the thought just slightly. So I'm going an average of 12 miles per hour on the freeway. My thought. We're going slow, but that's okay. It looks like by the time I get home, the kids will all be in bed. And I'll get to miss the bedtime chaos, (laughs) right? And then all of a sudden I'm feeling relieved. It was that simple. The circumstance of being stuck in traffic didn't change, but my thought about it did. And then I put on a good podcast. I enjoyed the rest of the time alone in the car. I was calm and relieved. Same circumstance, different thought. It made all the difference on how I was feeling. So the same is true when someone says something to you that you think might be rude. Like if they said it in a different language, you wouldn't be mad, right? Because you wouldn't understand what they said, right? I just think about my mission a lot. (laughs) I just smile and nod, right? Smile and nod. You have no clue what they're saying. And they're totally like, I don't know. Telling you mean things. But um, anyways, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any negative thoughts about it, right? You wouldn't understand them. What you have control over is you can change your thoughts about it. So it's ultimately impossible for another person to offend you or to offend me. I love this quote from Elder Bednar. He said, to be offended is a choice we make. It's not a condition inflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else. Which I love this idea of choice, agency. This is God's plan, right? Knowing that thoughts create your feelings doesn't mean you think happy thoughts about everything either and feel positive emotions all the time. It doesn't mean that you will always be able to have positive thoughts even when you want to have them. So we'll dive into those in later episodes, but having this knowledge will empower you far beyond what you might be currently experiencing. And I believe it's how we access the enabling and strengthening power of Christ's atonement. With his help, we can align our thinking and feeling in a way that will allow him to guide us, To take the most useful possible action which is the best part or the best part of the model but the next part of the model actions actions are the results of the emotions or feelings motivating us so our feelings fuel our actions so as we're going about our day the things we do the things we choose not to do and the way in which we show up in the world are our actions and come from our feelings and emotions. And then the last line is result. And our result is always connected to our thought line. It is due to the thoughts we think, the feelings we feel, the actions we take. These are the the results. This is the part of the model we have control over. And they are they are truly the parts that create our reality right these these thoughts feelings actions and results these are the parts we can control the circumstances we can't control as much as we think and we like to think that the circumstances are making our reality and our experience they're not it's our thoughts about those circumstances and and therefore how we show up in the world. So let's go back to my story in traffic. My circumstance, it was the same. I was going an average of 12 miles per hour on the freeway. My thought, this was so frustrating. This is so frustrating. We're going so slow. Feeling irritated. My action, I drive with a heavy foot on the gas and brake. I ruminate about the problems this traffic is creating for me and what I wish I were doing instead of sitting in the car. Possibly start speeding once traffic picks up. Those were my actions. Result, I was having, I was frustrating myself and probably others. I'm having a frustrating experience while driving and I'm more likely to get into an accident or get a speeding ticket, which would totally ruin my day even more, right? (laughs) So, and that goes back to our Um, our result line going back to the thought line. This is so frustrating. I'm frustrating myself, right? That's my result. So now let's change it just a little bit with different thought, right? Same circumstance. We're in traffic. Thought, we're going slow, but that's okay. It looks like by the time I get home, the kids will all be in bed and I'll get to miss the bedtime chaos. Yay. (laughs) Feeling relieved. Action. I think about solutions, like letting people know I'm running late or covering obligations in some other way, right? Decide to use the time. I decide to use the time to listen to a podcast or music or to call my sister. I drive in a more calm and responsible manner. My result, I'm okay. I'm good. I have an okay time while driving and I'm more likely to get to my destination safely and be pleasant company for myself and for others isn't that such a great result line that we're okay like it's okay you know going back to our thought line but that's okay right and then we're okay so i love that um now let's take this to the gospel alma is a man from the book of mormon who later became a prophet and a servant of God. But before that transformation, him and his friends went around trying to destroy the church of God. And an angel of God stopped them on the road. And this angel told them to stop doing what they were doing. And, he, and Alma tells us, tells us of this experience. Well, actually, he tells his son this experiment, uh, experience. Experience. And he said, verse 11, uh, Alma chapter 36 of the Book of Mormon, verse 11. I was struck with such great fear and amazement, lest perhaps I should be destroyed. Okay, he's feeling. 13. Yea, I did remember all my sins and iniquities, for which I was tormented with the pains of hell. Yea, I saw that I had rebelled against my God and that I had not kept his holy commandments. Yea, in fine, so great had been mine iniquities, that the very thought of coming into the presence of my God did rack my soul with inexpressible horror. Oh, thought I that I could be banished and become extinct both soul and body, that I might not be brought to stand in the presence of my God, to be judged of my deeds." So I want you to first notice here that we can see the model in Alma's experience. These feelings and, of pain and guilt are being caused by his thoughts, right? Thoughts of, of having to be judged of the things that he's been doing and realizing he hadn't been com- keeping the commandments of God. Um, and I, I would call this godly sorrow which is a really good kind of sorrow because it's a sorrow that will produce change, that will change the results and actions of his life, um, which I think is so powerful. Um, but just, just notice that it's the thoughts that are causing this pain right now. Verse 17, and it came to pass that I was thus racked with torment While I was hard up by the memory of my many sins, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy unto the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a Son of God, to atone for the sins of the world. Now, as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I love this so much. Uh, Now, as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou Son of God, have mercy on me, who am in the gall of bitterness, and am encircled about by the everlasting chains of death. And now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy! And what marvelous light I did behold! Yea, my soul was filled with joy, as exceeding as was my pain. First of all, I love how the Spirit helped him to remember the words of his Father. And I love how as soon as he thought about Jesus and and reached for him with his thoughts, he could immediately feel peace and an abundance of joy. It was a single thought that changed. It was all in a second. It was just the thought of Jesus. That one thought helped him access the saving and enabling power of Christ's atonement. That he could feel forgiven. He could feel the peace and the relief. And it all hinged around just that thought. Do you realize how interesting this is? Christ, his grace and his ability to forgive are already there the minute we are suffering and desire to change. I'm thinking about the story from the New Testament about the woman who was taken in adultery. Christ brought his grace to her and forgave her where she was as she was. He is there immediately. However, He will not intrude on our agency. We have to reach out to Him. Agency, our ability to choose, is always honored by God and His Son. So God won't force us to think any certain way. We have control and choice over what we think. I just love how in this example... The reaching for Jesus was just the thought. The very thought of Jesus helped Alma to bring Jesus into his story. And it's so beautiful and so powerful. Thoughts are very powerful. Thoughts are how we access Jesus, which I love that idea and all of that. I just want to continue here and finish up with this. Yea, Verse 21, Yea, I say unto you, my son, that there could be nothing so exquisite and so bitter as were my pains. Yea, and again I say unto you, my son, that on the other hand, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. My limbs did receive their strength again, and I stood upon my feet And did manifest unto the people that I had been born of God. Yea, and from that time even until now, I have labored without ceasing, that I might bring souls unto repentance, that I might bring them to taste of the exceeding joy of which I did taste, that they might also be born of God and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I love this. And, from this amazing experience of experiencing Jesus and, and just the thought of Jesus, he had a testimony to share with his son. And he said, For I do know that whosoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions and shall be lifted up at the last day. Thoughts are powerful. They are how we can allow Jesus into our story, into us. And they are how we can put our trust in God and then be supported in our trials and troubles. I finished recording the first part of this episode before General Conference weekend. And there just so happened to be a talk by Elder Neil L. Anderson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles that spoke about this exact thing. I want to quote a little bit of what he said in his talk. Alma caught hold upon the truth of Jesus Christ. If we were using the words caught hold upon in a physical sense we might say he caught hold upon the guardrail just as he was falling, meaning he reached out suddenly and tightly seized something solidly cemented to a secure foundation. In Alma's case, it was his mind that reached out and secured this powerful truth of Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice. Acting in faith on that truth And by the power and grace of God, he was rescued from despair and filled with hope. And I just love that that an apostle of the Lord also was studying this same passage. It's just so beautiful. Um, I also love here his invitation to us is that we will more consciously shape, strengthen and secure this preeminent thought of Jesus Christ in the chambers of our soul. And I love, I love the footnote here that takes us to a quote by David O. McKay, who said, the greatest battle of life is fought within the silent chambers of our own soul. That's just the power of, of the Savior, but also the power of just thinking and reaching to him in our thoughts. Um, he goes on allowing it to eagerly flow into our mind, guide us in what we think and do and continually bring the sweet joy of the savior's love. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you soon. Bye.